Welcome to the Fields of Fantasy Podcast, hosted by Pestle and Ed. And welcome to the Fields of Fantasy Week 6 preview show. Pestle and FTH Fantasy Football are here again. How was your weekend, Ed? Did you enjoy Bill's Jags at Tottenham? It was a cracking game, yeah. It warmed up. Um, but yeah, I thought that both both Josh Allen, both T-Law played well. It was loud, I was saying to you earlier, mm. really loud. So fair play to the Bills fans. They travelled in numbers from America, I think. And yeah, a game worthy of the venue. It was uh, excellent. We'll be there hoping for a repeat of the atmosphere for Ravens-Titans this week. Hopefully, we'll get to the Ravens in a moment. Hopefully, the Ravens turn things around. Little shout out to everyone who's taking part in the TH Best Ball Bonanza to kick us off today, though. Uh, so it's hotting up nicely. Still a few unbeaten teams there. Remember, for those of you involved, it's the top place team. And then we'll be back filling the final four space, I think we had, based on a record and then the tiebreaker of points four. So very much still all to play for, isn't it there? Yeah, there's a lot of teams that have had mixed starts. There's, there's no one running away with any league, really. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm sure there'll be updates to follow in the next week or so. Shout out to a regular of some of our leagues, especially over at Stateside, um, and an all-round good egg and listener, that's Abby Branson, who put a donation in last week to our funds for the Beast Memory Cafe, which tipped us over £1,000, Ed. So we're Incredible. really pleased, that, aren't we? Yeah, it's, a, it's quite a significant milestone, isn't it? We're, we're really delighted. So... Thank you to everyone who's do- donated and thank you to Abby for, for that, that extra special donation. And we'll be working out over the course of this season well how we'll continue to grow that. So stay tuned. We hope to get more people involved. This week, though, biggest surprise of week five, I think, just how dominant the 49ers were over the Cowboys. Yeah, I mean, the, I'm sure the Cowboys and 49ers will come up in various features this week, but... That, that really was, it was a bit of a humiliation for Dak and the Cowboys, wasn't it? Especially when that was on a quiet week for CMC. Relatively quiet anyway, by oh, CMC oh, standards. Awful week, yeah. Bengals, are they back? Discuss. Um, I, think, I think it's too early to say they're back. I think they had a better game. I think they were against a very inferior defence. And uh, they, they fed Jamar Chase, who we'll talk a little bit more yes. in a minute. Yeah, That's the thing. We spoke the other week about how people were saying, oh, it's time to move on. All that hyperbole one way. One good game and all of a sudden, Joey B's back. And it is, it's such a fickle world, isn't it? The world of sports in general. It really not is. Not just the NFL. Yeah, we've talked about it before, haven't we? It's, it, your opinion's got to be black or white. You can't, sit, you can't sit on the fence. But that's exactly where I am with the Bengals at the moment. It was good to see a good offensive performance. If they can back it up against the Seahawks, they've then got the bye week. Maybe he can finally get that calf sorted and Bengals could be a force again. Uh, I mean, it's helped that the other teams in the AFC North have stuttered around us. So no one's out of sight yet. But yeah, long, long, long way to go. Yeah, the Ravens threw away that game against the Steelers. And I don't think this is my bias, but the two games the Ravens have lost should both have been wins. Oh. Um, <laughs> we should be... Fi- we or they, I suppose we or they when it's the team sport, we should be 5-0. and oh. Yeah, that. I mean, this, I could not believe... I mean, I was travelling back from London and I was following it and I think it, it looked like it was going to be a bit of a blowout and then just one of those games where you just think... They, the Ravens must have been sat there in the, in the changing rooms then thinking, well, uh, how did that happen? What, what happened? And we'll talk more about that as well, unfortunately, yeah. shortly. Before we get into the main show, though, I've got one of your favourites for you, Ed. I have got some next-gen stats. Oh, I love a next-gen stat. So, this was a fast week of NFL action. So fast, that when you look at next-gen stats, fastest ball carries, four out of the top ten appeared in week five. 
How many of those top 10 are Dolphins players? Uh, I'd, I'd you ma- can have multiple entries as well. Seven. Correct. Well Seven out of 10 are Dolphins. Tyreek Hill is in there three times, including 22.01 miles per hour on Sunday. Devon Achan is in there twice, including 21.76 miles per hour during his 76-yard touchdown run on Sunday. And Jamar Chase, his statement game on Sunday saw him log the sixth top speed, 21.54 on his 63-yard touchdown reception. Seven out of those top 10 were also scoring plays. So I think there's something to be said about that little extra va-va-voom when you are heading towards the end zone, isn't there? Yeah, that adrenaline. Fastest sacks as well. So the top 10 are all 2.5 seconds or quicker. 2.5 seconds from the ball being snapped to the quarterback being sacked. There are some just absolutely brutal defensive ends out there. I mean, how long do you think it would take us to get a ball from uh, from snap to being passed if we were a quarterback? Well, I'd have to catch the ball first. So, so that's, that's three seconds. <laughs> that's about an hour. <laughs> so, yeah, just ridiculous. Miles Garrett in week three, 2.27 seconds it took him to sack Ryan Tannehill. Just ridiculous, freakish athleticism. He's just, I mean, he, he made he made our O-line and just look absolutely awful. He's just a freak. Week five saw the longest play of the season. So the longest play as far as a ball picked up to the end zone. That was 102 yards. Jason Pinnock's pick six that he got for the Giants. But during that run, he covered 110.1 yards. So when you count for wiggle across the pitch rather than just straight line direction. Is that a technical term? Wiggle, wiggle yeah. Wiggle. 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 Pickle witch. Pitch wiggle. <laughs> Pitch wiggle. <laughs> First place, Mr. Marvin Mims. His 99-yard kickoff return for a touchdown covered 126.3 yards when you take into account wow. pitch wiggle. Pitch wiggle pitch. I said if I just keep saying that until it becomes an actual term. So a few interesting next-gen stats there. It's a good website, the next-gen stats website, just for going down a rabbit hole of finding a stat you like the look of to explore further. We've spoken about your favourite stats, though. Should we get into our favourite part of the week, Edward? I think it's time for those heroes or zeros. Fantasy Heroes. Travis Etienne came to London and he was the week five king of running back seat total 36.4 points. QB1 was Mr. Justin Fields. Has he found his groove? Four passing touchdowns meant nearly 33 fantasy points. I thought he was dropped, but now I bow down to Zach Moss. Even with JT back, he was the workhorse at the Colts this week. From zero to hero, tight end one was George Kittle. He almost doubled his season points total in week five as he dominated an underperforming Dallas defense. DJ, feed me more. Gobbled up eight receptions, turning into 230 yards and a hat-trick of touchdowns. And Jamar Chase was wide receiver one, the highest individual score in fancy football so far this season. He's always flipping open. 15 receptions, 3 touchdowns, 52.2 fancy points for the elite wide receiver. Did you enjoy that? I was so excited about doing Jamar Chase. Um, the first Bengal hero of the season. If you get yourself a, a Dulux colour chart at home, I would go for, and it's currently a bright red in <laughs> how excited he was at that I'm, stage. I'm Bengal orange. <laughs> Bengal orange. Should we get more negative though? No Bengals this week. <laughs> that again is a little rare treat. I'm sure you'll enjoy this then. So let's get stuck in with... Fantasy Zeros. 
Dak Prescott won't be the last quarterback to struggle against the 49ers defense, but a horrible game nonetheless. Three interceptions. Justin Jefferson left the game early, but only caught three of six times, 28 yards, an unusually ineffectual performance for JJ. Your guaranteed top five running back, Miles Sanders, is languishing down at RB28. A horror week for Miles Sanders. Tyler Higby only snagged two receptions for 20 yards with cutback in town as he finished tight end 27. And the Cowboys' defense is all or nothing at the moment. It was a big fat duck egg this week. Cortland Sutton, more like Cortland Mutton, he was left to stew by the Jets as the running backs took the titles to the Broncos. There we go. That's a round of applause for the Cortland Mutton. Oh, is it? There we go. Uh, that, that a bit of, uh... One of my personal, and, and topped off with the stewing. I mean, one just perfect, Mark. I do try my best. That makes up for us. Leaving a slight bit of instrumental on the end of that one, but we'll give ourselves a break. <laughs> Other notables on the week, Kyle Pitts led the Falcons in receiving. Sorry, say again, Kyle yeah. Pitts led the Falcons in receiving. Seven receptions and 87 yards. His first top 12 finish since week eight in 2022. How many Titan 1 finishes has he had on his whole career, though? Titan 1 finishes. There's not going to be loads, is there? I'll give him the benefit of the doubt and say 10. 10 it is. You're doing very good at guessing games today. <laughs> I like guessing games. Desmond Ridder actually looked all right passing too. Once again, we're not going to get overexcited. He's still a young quarterback. He's still in a fragile offence, really, when you think about the relatively new talent still on there, still finding their feet. He needed to put that drive together at the end, Ridder, and he did. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it wasn't spectacular, but he did a job. 28 completions, 37 passes, 329 yards. A player we've been quite negative on from a fancy point of view. Had an all right game. Sam Laporta continues to look phenomenal. That trick play was yes. magic. Uh, razzle-dazzle, I heard about 12 different pundits say, I think, when talking about that. This is my question to you, Ed. I haven't got the answer for it, but when was the last time a tight end won Offensive Rookie of the Year? It must have been a long, long time no, ago. No idea. Not, not in my uh, lifetime. No, not in my lifetime. Not, <laughs> in, not in my recent years of, of becoming um, so interested in the NFL. He's got to be in the running for hasn't he, the way he's playing now. We're into those early possible candidates. Cooper Cup, straight back into the wide receiver one role. However, Pukunukua still looks set to be a solid wide receiver mm. too. Um, and potentially saw those wide receiver one weeks for fantasy. The Rams offense, is that one of the biggest surprises on the season so far? Well, I, I, they were pretty irrelevant, I'd say, in our preseason shows. I don't think they came up that much. Uh, but yeah, Cup, Nakua, Atwell, all being fantasy relevant was certainly not what we expected. Johnny B and Dowies, they weren't overly high on them when they did that preview show, but I didn't disagree with them at all on what they were no. saying. Um, however... In hindsight, one of the one of the comments that we've had in those preseason shows that hasn't aged well was how confusing Pukunakua's name was today when he called him Puka Pai. Um, now a household name in the NFL community. So it's interesting how that changes. Zach Moss just keeps on performing. Um, I'm going to give up picking Zach Moss either way. But what happens as Taylor grows back into the role? When will he take over? I abstain at this point. The amount of money he's been given... He, he has to take over. They've paid Taylor, so they've got to play him. But uh, I don't know how does that happen at the expense of Moss. Um, uh, that's the only way he gets game time, isn't it? He's thinking, do you go with the hot hand? Will it end up being more 50-50? But, I mean, long-term future, Zach Moss, if his future isn't going to be at the Colts, if he thinks he's got another running back one and lead running back role in him, it's certainly going to be a lovely audition to the end of the season, well, isn't I, it? I think it was, I don't know about you, I was quite surprised that they paid Taylor because I think, I think Moss has shown that he can be an RB1 and 
Uh, I don't think you can have two. So yeah, it'll be. In, it, I think that's going to be a tough situation for the management. I'm not sure Jonathan Taylor's ego no. fits a one A one B system, does it? No, definitely not. Bruce Hall looks to be back in charge of the Jets' backfield as well. He took 22 of the 29 rush attempts and had three receptions. And on, looks... and on the flip side, Dalvin Cook is not getting involved. I would have mentioned Dalvin Cook later because I find it was a stat about Dalvin Cook kind of very confusing. We'll talk about it in a bit. Jamar Chase, squeaky wheel syndrome. He said he's always flipping open. He took 41% of the targets from Joey B this week. You know what I found fascinating this week, looking at the Bengals? There was not one target to a tight end. Was there they not? had three tight ends uh, who were active and not one target to any of them. And that, I think that, that says quite a lot. I wonder, I mean, you're better placed to make the judgment. Is it Joey B looking better or is it the, the offensive system changing to take into account what's gone wrong so far or a bit of both? bit of both. I think it's, it's fascinating to see how things change, but it really was. I mean, I thought Trenton Irwin had a good game, you know, it was back up to Higgins and he did when he came in last year. Boyd took a few receptions, but just the, the scheme that they're running just seemed to, well, clearly completely bypass his tight ends. It's not like they're dropping it. They're not even getting thrown it. Adam Thielen makes me feel very, very old because all I heard all weekend and anything I've heard since the weekend is about how well he's doing for an old or elderly wide receiver. <laughs> Veteran. He's 33. Yes. He's 33 and he's an elder statesman of the NFL. But we said pre-season, would he be that reliable pair of hands for Bryce Young? And it seems to be the case. Considering he was drafted as a flex play, I looked in a few of our leagues, he went anywhere between round 10, 11, 12. He's been brilliant value for fantasy over the last couple of weeks. And we said he would be, didn't we? We got something we could put in our tick box. Gabe Davis, um, obviously I was all in on him last season, out on him this season. So he's currently <laughs> on a four-touchdown game streak. But he's looking like he's finally growing into what was expected and what we were told he could do. We did speak pre-season. There was a bit more of that talk about him looking safer, looking more confident. That seems to be coming to fruition. George Kittle, ruthlessly efficient. I think it's easy to say this week he was the most efficient receiver in the NFL. Three receptions, six, seven yards, three touchdowns. Done. <laughs> A nice, concise fantasy stat line. And, and he always has that potential, doesn't he, Kittle? No matter, like I said in the hero section, he's, that equals his, his total so far this season. So, But he's got those weeks in him. Whether he does it as consistently as he used to, I think that's the question. This is why he's, he's a nightmare to draft. Because if you pay that draft capital on mm. him, he is going to be your starting tight end every single week bar injury. And it's because he can do that. He can get you game-winning score lines at the tight end position. Mm. He can also do nothing. But... I'd, I'd be quite interested. It seems there's been a lot of mammoth scores so far this season. I'd be interested to maybe do a bit of research for next week in terms of, you know, like, for example, DJ Moore had a mammoth score this week, yeah. didn't he? He didn't even make the heroes. Whereas, and so did Chase. We had the... We had A-Chan and DJ Hill. Moore didn't make the... Did you not listen to my DJ Feed Me More? Oh, Feed Me More, sorry. He did. Unbelievable. Glad you were listening. I, I got so, I got so. <laughs> it was the other one that... You were busy looking at yours, weren't yeah, you? Yeah, I was. Really? Yeah, I was so excited about Chase. But but there was, there's was. there been a lot of big scores. It seems, maybe I'm. Maybe it's just you get in the moment, but it feels like there's been a lot of mammoth scores. Yeah, well, maybe we'll have a look. I say I we'll have a look at that. I imagine I'll be looking at that for next week. <laughs> yeah. That'll be our opening feature. CMC keeps his touchdown streak alive, 14 games. A low week for CMC, but that shows when we said before, that is <laughs> why you draft him, because a low week for someone like CMC is still a good week by a lot of running back standards. 
Devon Achan looked solid again, but he left the game with what looked like he'd rolled his ankle. I think the fact the Dolphins were well ahead, why would you put him back on and risk him? So hopefully he is going to be well. He is another early candidate for that offensive rookie of the year award mm. if he continues the way he is. Few negatives. Ravens wide receivers drops proved very costly. Bateman and Aguilar should have closed the game. Uh, two easy touchdown catches. Bateman's drop is one of the more ridiculous drops I've ever seen. Um, seven drops in the game, including two in the end zone. The game should have been won. It should have been won convincingly. Tony Pollard, second week in a row that he's not looked great, but the Cowboys offense looked really bad. So I think you can excuse his role in that. Derek Henry, back to a down week. 13 attempts for 43 yards. I'm hoping that continues this weekend at Tottenham. I'm looking forward to seeing him in the flesh, but I'm hoping I don't see him in the end zone. <laughs> James Cook should probably have been a zero, but his 5.1 points masked one of, I would say, one of probably my favourite negative stats of the week. Five rushing attempts for how many yards, Ed? Is it going to be minus yards? I don't know. Or is minus it... four yards. Minus four yards. That's... So <laughs> he's come back. I mean, it's, a, it's like Eli Moore proportions of rushing. That is receptions bailed him out though, and Patriots. I mean, what? what? I mean, does Belichick last? I mean, they're not losing. They're being absolutely destroyed. And the two games in a row, Matt Jones has been benched, hasn't he? Yep. Two games oh, not in benched. A row. There was just no point playing him. Yes. Yeah. No, well, didn't bench him. He yeah. just sat on the bench because no point playing him. <laughs> yeah. Um, Bill Belichick, you could say you could have asked him any question; it'd have been defiant, though, wouldn't it? That very much. So. I think it's very safe to say now the Patriots are one hundred percent no longer special, and probably won't be for some time at this rate. No, they I mean they've they've been the greatest team on the planet, haven't they? They were for many years, but at the moment they're they're doing a bit of a Man United. Well, thanks, Ed. Appreciate <laughs> that. Bye weeks, Packers and Steelers this week, but they won't be the only players out as we get into our injuries section. And this is proven to be a consistently large section of the show. Anthony Richardson, shoulder injury, his throwing shoulder, it's his right shoulder, and raises questions about durability and playing style. I've never been a fan of this when it's been mentioned about Lamarck. It's never seemed to suit, but Richardson's injuries have all come whilst rushing the ball, haven't they? I think it was levelled at Lamar Jackson several times when his injuries were in the pocket. I don't know. I'm hoping that it's, it is a freak period of injuries for him and we do see the best of him because he's so exciting when he's in full flight. And he's looked reasonable as a passer as well, hasn't he? Yes, I think it's a shame uh, we're not going to see full Anthony Richardson this season. But, but yeah, fingers crossed it's not a, a pattern that develops. Danny Dimes. So I'm not going to backtrack at all on Danny Dimes. I don't think he's been helped out at all by Saquon's absence so far this season. I'm worried that we're not going to get to see the full season, though, as he left with that neck injury. At the time of recording, he's probably still waiting for that MRI scan. Apparently, this was a similar injury to one that ended his 2021 season, though, so that's worrying. Tank Dell in concussion protocol. Zay Jones has a knee injury. Justin Jefferson's hamstring injury didn't look great. They put him on IR. Oh, is he on yeah, IR? So, he's, so he's that. out for four games, yeah. So um, that's going to have huge ramifications for anyone who drafted him in your first round. That's your, uh, that's your round 101, 102. Absolute worst case scenario, isn't it? Guaranteed four game miss. Yeah. Um, James Connor, knee injury. Travis Kelsey's low ankle sprain. Uh, he made a very swift exit, uh, but then swiftly returned. Very good, Mark. Very Thank good. you very much. <laughs> Um, I had got a gag about shaking off, but I heard that on another podcast, so I didn't want to use that. <laughs> that shows how primitive that gag was. I heard it before we got to it. Juju Smith-Schuster, concussion protocol. Shame, he'll be off TikTok for a while. Chris Alave hadn't looked himself last couple of weeks and apparently has been dealing with a toe 
issue. Explains a lot, doesn't it? Um, I don't know what a toe issue is, but how nimble he is on his feet, I imagine a toe issue is quite important. So hopefully he will be back to full strength soon. Would you like to get into some of our advice for the week, though, Ed? I think that's that's what the people are here for. Are they? So let's get stuck in then. Malcolm! Seats of the Week. So a couple from me to start with then. CJ Stroud has been good, and this is not just based on 14.2 points this week against Atlanta, but he has the Saints this week. And after how they clinically shut down the Patriots in confident style, CJ Stroud, someone that if you have availability to, might be worth considering whether he's starting this week or not. Superflex still think he's, he's absolutely locked and loaded for the rest of the season. I'd consider not playing him this week, possibly. Brees Hall paid off as our start of the week last week, but Philly have absolutely locked down running backs. So best in the league, 61.2 yards per game against running backs. Hall's only had one big game, two fancy relevant games, so he may be one that we see, keep saying there aren't many running backs to play, but probably expect flex value at best from him this week. Running back gambles. So we're going to speak about Darwin Cook in a moment. Nigel Harris, Cam Akers, Kenneth Gainwell, Ramondre Stevens, Ezekiel and Dalvin Cook. If I can avoid playing them, I'm avoiding playing at this point. And that hurts to say for Kenneth Gainwell. I think before his injury, he looked to be dominating the backfield. But Swift has taken over that role completely. I'd say they're hit or miss, but that'd be kind to all of them. Yeah. They're, they're pretty much miss. Do what I don't understand, Dalvin Cook was started in 26% of leagues this week for redraft. That, that seems high. His highest finish had been running back 33 in week one. And since then, he scored 0 0.2 points, 5.9 points, 2.8 points, 2.3 points. That's pure name value. Isn't I was it? about to say, that's just because of his name. Yeah. Surely. There's no, you can't be looking at the stats and starting him over somebody else. If you've got Dalvin Cook, if there is an injury to Brees Hall, he could be worthwhile hanging on to. But I'd have to be very slim on what I was looking to pick up from waivers to be keeping Dalvin Cook at this stage. So who are you thinking about from a sit's point of view then? Uh, well, my, my little plan last week worked a treat. Remember I said you should sit Joe Burrow. So, <laughs> so it worked a little treat. It's so clever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not convinced he's back, but um, bye week soon. So chance of a proper rest. Um, this week, um, we, we referenced, who did we reference earlier? Gabe Davis. And, yeah. and um, it made me think about the Bills tight ends. And I looked at the Bills tight ends so far this season. Now they've got Don Kincaid, the rookie. And they've got Dawson Knox, very much not a rookie. They're not really getting the workload um, as, as wide receivers. Diggs and Davis are seeming to eat up most of Allen's targets. The health warning I'd give this week is that the Bills are against Giants. And the Giants' defence has been, I don't know, less than reliable would be a kind way of yeah. putting it. But I think that Kincaid and, well, I know that Kincaid and Knox, as it stands, are both on injury report as well. So I think Kincaid's in concussion protocol and Knox has got a wrist injury. But even if they weren't on the injury report, I don't think they're getting the, the sort of workload we maybe thought that they'd get because of the you know the success of the wide receivers, I suppose. Uh, the, the Bills tight ends I'd keep an eye on. I'm also looking out for since then, and it pains me to say it, but that is, that's the Ravens' wide receivers. And I've had a look at your notes, so I know you're going to have a counter-argument for this in a little while. But I've got written down, who can you trust? Um, there's the anomaly of how teams respond to travelling to London. I know that's not a tried and tested science, but... Fascinating. There's an the, extra thing to throw into it, isn't it? That the Jags back-to-back -back games and the, yep. they look really strong against the Bills. So I think that will make a lot of people's ears prick up. So I wouldn't confidently start 
Bateman Flowers or OBJ. OBJ left with an injury again, so that'll be the story throughout the season. I think he's shown value when he's been on the field, though he's done a job. Probably not worth the money that's going to be spent on him, but no. he's done a job. Rashad Bateman, I do think, will come good. Um, I think the commentary team highlighted how he's dropped, kind of smacked of, trying so hard because you want to get it right and get back up and running. That match sharpness will come in. That game sharpness will come in as he has more practice time. I think he will come good. A push Zay Flowers in a flex spot. He is the most likely wide receiver one in that unit. I think he's certainly starting to break away from that at the moment. I think I'm going fact that the Ravens are going to want that bounce back. It's on the biggest stage of the London game. There are more eyes in it. And I think that leads to a Mark Andrews mega game because I think Lamar will stick to what he knows. But yeah, I know you're going to talk about one of those later as well. So before we get into that, shall we hear from our sponsors, Mr. Malcolm? Fantasy football is all about collecting the best roster of players. So why not assemble your roster at home with some help from stateside sports? With over 30 sports trading card products in stock right now, Stateside Sports is the best place to grab the latest releases in sports trading cards. Collect autographs of your favorite stars, rookie cards of the hottest prospects, and rare super short print cards to make your collection as unique as your fantasy team. Start your search the best way possible. Visit statesidesports.co.uk now. Starts of the week. Starts of the week then. Justin Fields has turned it round, has he? So after this record, I'll be putting that out a poll out on Twitter. I put on our poll yesterday whether DJ Moore is the real deal and whether he can be trusted moving forward. Let's have a quick look at the results of that. Should we get it up while we're on there now recording it? <laughs> yeah, I think I voted. I, I think that he is. I, I love DJ Moore and I think he's had a couple of cracking weeks. So the masses agreed with you. 72% said yes. He is going to build on that, and he is the real deal. 28% said nope. I was surprised it was that big a gap, but I agree with Consenso. I think he's always been talented. He's just not always had the ideal situation. And if, if they are dialed in now, that should just mean not mega weeks like that every week, but he should certainly be repaying his draft capital every week. 617 yards passing, eight touchdowns, 82 rushing yards as well for Justin Fields over the last two games. So we'll wow. put out whether... Is this the real Justin Fields we're seeing now? We did speak previously how last year it took a few games for him to get into his stride. I think a third game in a row will clinch that. And I think we can start him with confidence against a Vikings defence giving up 240 yards per game. And the Vikings certainly aren't looking great in it without JJ as well. That's going to limit them on offence. So will they spend more time on defence and therefore give Justin Fields more of that ball? We shall see. And I think this is it goes without saying, but I'll say it anyway. Devin Achan, stop until further notice. He is on an absolute hot streak. And the Panthers currently giving up the sixth most yards per game to the run. So this could be a real statement game for Achan. Really hoping he's fully fit for this weekend. Who do you want to talk about from a start point of view? Well, yeah, let's talk about the Ravens wide receivers and particularly Zay Flowers, because he's who I think is potentially going to have a massive game this week. He's probably been hanging around on your bench. You might have put him in as a flex spot, but he, he looks the one most likely. He's had a fairly consistent start to life um, at the Ravens. He's had as many as 11 targets, um, and I think his best week for receptions was nine. It feels like he's on the verge of clicking, and he's shown some real kind of wonder moments as well. He's a very talented player. I just feel that Lamar and the Ravens will rightly be fuming after somehow contriving to lose this week against the Steelers. And I know what you mean about 
Andrews, like the big player, the superstar stepping up and having a great week. Um, but I, I just feel that if the Ravens are going to put Steelers, that Steelers memory to bed, there needs to be more than one player stepping up. And I feel that, yeah. and I feel that, that, that Flowers is the one most likely. Yeah, definitely would agree is one most like. I think maybe I've got too much of that bias coming from as a Ravens fan and betting on wide receivers. Um, I've not had that joy in life yet. Yeah, I can see a route to that happening. I'm not sure how a complete low-scoring, irrelevant game is just as likely as that as I think. But yeah, I'm, I would oh, love I hope, to see that. I hope it's that. not a low-scoring, irrelevant game. No, I would, I would love to see Zay Flowers absolutely go off. I'm really hoping to see a Lamar Jackson break off run from the halfway line to score as well. That would be be absolutely delightful, especially if he runs into our waiting arms in the uh, the goal end. He'd have to jump very high. I would, yeah. We are sat quite, <laughs> and we say it's quite a fair. It'd be, it'd be quite the version of a, a Lambo leap, the Tottenham totem he would require to get up there. Isaiah Pacheco is my final one. So solid workload over the last three weeks and a touchdown a week. He's been the RB12, RB6, RB15. This week, he has a glorious gift. He gets the Broncos, giving up the most yards per game to the rush, 187.6 yards to the rush. But, but what, from the best coached league in the team? Do I don't what? believe it. It's the most joy I get <laughs> outside of the Ravens winning in it is watching the Broncos do the badly. press conference Just as well. because he was so obnoxious and so unprofessional, I think, towards a fellow coach. Well, I just thought the he, way he gets what he deserves. The, the way that the the Jets handled it this week was just absolutely immaculately. Yeah. They even after where they could have been like in his face. <laughs> it was just you know we felt he was disrespected. You know we went out and did our talking on the pitch, and it's like, well, I'm sorry, Sean, you've you've, you've definitely had your comeuppance there. But even Zach Wilson couldn't put a phenomenal week up against him though. So you, I mean, you give him every opportunity that money he messes up, doesn't he? Um, <laughs> so yeah, you absolutely waste that opportunity, but. Who cares? The Broncos lost, and that was there. That was a lovely little part of the week. I feel like the Broncos are entering Titans territory with you. Just a team that you have decided you dislike. I just like Sean Payton getting comeuppance. Yeah. I think is, is he, the thing he was I like very obnoxious. I, I hate the Titans far more. That's why I'm looking forward to this weekend as well. But yeah, back to Pacheco. Have Kansas finally got a reliable running back? The first time since Kareem Hunt. Well, yeah, I think they have. I think they have. I think he's definitely someone that you can. Um, I'd, I'd, st I'd confidently start most weeks now. Right, let's talk waiver wire. Fire from the wire. Right, so last week uh, we talked about Jaleel McLaughlin, who had a very good week, 17.9 points, and he's still available in 45% of leagues. So if you get on the waiver wire quickly, that he, he might well still, still be available. Get even if he's just as a handcuff for Javante Williams. We don't know how long he's going to be out for. Michael Wilson... Quiet, but still decent long-term option. And we talked about Jonu Smith as well. Another solid 10-point week. He lost a fumble, which affected his total. But he's still available in a high percentage of leagues. And, you know, he's a decent, consistent option at tight end. This week, there'll be some it, it, very much slim pickings on the waiver wire. But there, there's definitely some people to have a look at. Amari DiMicardo, the rookie, is going to be a popular pickup due to the injury of James Conner. Um, he got that um, touchdown against the Bengals. Again, I'm sh was this what was said about T. Higgins? Connor will miss a little bit of time. Yeah. Yes. So it's obviously a new term in yeah. the NFL. So I don't think DeMarcado is a long-term option, but he might have, you know, he might fill a need this week. Gardner Minshew. Now he's an option. If he you, is. If you're, he is an option. <laughs> if you're struggling. Andy Dalton's an option. <laughs> he is an option. But maybe if you're struggling for depth in Superflex, I don't know. 
Richardson could be headed for IR, so that they would have that extended run of at least four games out. Let's be frank, Minshew is an option if you're desperate, but he's an option nonetheless. I do wonder how many quarterback injuries we are away from a Cam Newton Instagram video. <laughs> yeah, it can't close. be far. Yeah, I'm sure maybe even Colin Kaepernick's coming back as oh, well. Oh, I'm sure he'll need to yeah ask for a job soon as well. But the, the way the injuries are going, we can't be too far away from Cam Newton hyping himself up time, can we? It's what we all want. Um, interesting though on McLaughlin um, and a stat I was looking at earlier on today. Firstly, as an undrafted free agent, then that counts against him as being a reliable running back historically. But it was his, on, I was reading an article where it's talking about his underlying stats from the game. So he played 21 snaps and ran 10 routes, whereas Samaj P. Ryan played 38 snaps and ran 28 routes. So those underlying usages are still there, but with how efficient he was, mm. just something to bear in mind. However, if he's available, who else are you picking up off waivers? Like yeah, you the, may the, as well. Yeah, he's worth, worth that, uh, that gamble, I think. Another maybe solid, if unspectacular option uh, at tight end is Logan Thomas. I mean, he had a monster week by his standards with 19.7 points, puts him as tight end 11 overall, which includes a, a game, um, he missed a game as well. Um, so I think he's a tight end two with tight end one upside, maybe even better prospect than this if he continues to be a top target for Howell. I don't think he'll let you down. And the, you know, the tight end targets, as we mentioned earlier, are a little bit sparse. Uh, who are you looking at this week on the waiver? So I'm looking at someone I actually picked from a huge rare places a couple of weeks ago, and that was before Derek Henry's comeback game points wise. That's Ty J Spears. So I picked him up in a few places on Sunday free waivers just to plug in. So you won't find in many places we play together, Ed. He's currently only rostering 36% of leagues in redraft and only 92% in dynasty. Now I've had a look through, he's taken in all of our dynasty leagues that we're in. I think that kind of goes to show the, the we're in leagues with plugged in people, aren't we? <laughs> but if you're in a league with more casual NFL fans and more casual fancy players, he could still be there in Dynasty, which would be great value from waivers. Decent usage, and with Henry being inconsistent, he could be a useful addition. Only 5.5 carries per game, but he's had a minimum of four targets in four out of five games, and he's averaging three receptions. So he's certainly got the usage that could be useful for you. And with running backs dropping like flies, he could be a great depth piece as bye week hit as well. So another one to have a look at if available. And I'll finish off with a, another running back option. He's probably only a plug and play option. I, I don't know if he's going to be a long term option. And that's somebody who's let me down in the past. And that's Donta Foreman at the Bears. Now, the reason I say uh, you might think I'm going crazy because the last four weeks he's been a healthy scratch. But Khalil Herbert has got a high ankle sprain. That means a few weeks out. Rashawn Johnson is in concussion protocol. And Travis Homer, who's been a bit of a satellite back, has got a hamstring injury. Um, they're against Vikings this week, uh, who are solid against the rush. So that counts against him. And of course, any Bears running back has to contend with Justin Fields for carries. Um, so even if he does emerge as RB1, will he get the workload? But he's somebody that you might want to consider if you're struggling for options at running back, as, as we are starting to do now with injuries and bye weeks. Definitely. Shall we get to some questions, though? Fantasy Basics. This week's question for Fantasy Basics comes from a second-time questioner of the show. That is Mr. Nathaniel Brennan, or Nate Dog, as we like to call him. How do you decide how much fab to allocate to a waiver pickup? A lovely question, Mr. Brennan. Well, I try and think how much... Pesta will be bid in and add on a pound. 
So, I mean, I always go for an irregular number. Yes. Um, why would you possibly do a five or a ten? Everyone would be doing that, and then no one does that. Um, at this point, if someone breaks through, I'd go for the vast majority of it just to make sure you secure them. I had a look back, though, because it's a difficult question because you are competing with other people in your league. It depends how many other players you're trying to pick up. I think as a rule, I'm really only going for a couple of people with a backup option, maybe. No one last week, after I'd edited this show, I forgot to do my waivers. So that was <laughs> some really good wisdom we passed on to people I ignored myself. Pukunakua went for, in our league of record, 18 fab dollars. Oh, wow. And in our money keeper league, 26 fab dollars. And that's with a budget of 100, isn't it? That's a budget of 100 and with people that say are relatively clued in as well. So that's proven to be great value. I mean, now I'd have had to be throwing 70, uh, 80. Uh, yeah, the full amount. Um, Jaleel McLaughlin last week went for 22 in our league of record and 23 in our money keeper league. So, I mean, he's matching with Puka Nakua there, but people have got more budget left. There's less to go for. People will go for higher numbers. It's interesting how people respond to crises and trends. Jerome Ford went for $75 with several bids in their 60s too. Looking across a number of our leagues, I saw him go as high as 82 and as low as 50. So that was the running back crisis. Nick Chubb having a great... I think the, the shock of Nick Chubb's injury, people assuming Jerome Ford would come straight into that role, the preseason hype for Jerome Ford. He's not worth that compared to what Puka Nakua has got. However, what other running backs were available on the waiver wire? It's what people are going to go for. Not really going to answer this question because it depends what you've got left and what other people have got left. If you know someone else is looking for someone at that position and you've got plenty of fab left, look what they've got, go one above that. Mm. Just make sure you're eliminating that out of those games. But I would always say, keep three, four, five fab dollars in your fab bank for the end of the season so you can just guarantee getting those players for a $1, $2 bid when it gets to playoffs and even if that's just to ruin your opponent's potential waiver pickups. Well, how do you approach it other I, than thinking what I'll do? Yeah, I, I suppose I think of fab maybe. Uh, I'll need it in, let's say, two situations. So I'll almost see, right, if I want that player, I'm going to put a significant bid to make sure I get that player. And if it means that I outbid the next person by $20, then so be it. Because I'm not thinking, oh, I can have five $20 bids. Yeah. I, I'm thinking more, I'm going to need it in an emergency on a couple of occasions. But yeah, I completely agree with what you say about saving a few just for the end, just in case. But yeah, I, I don't see it as, you know, every other week I'll need to make a bid. I just, I, I use it for a couple of big purchases, I suppose. Let's get competitive, Ed. It's fantasy props time. Oh, great. So last week then we chose a game each and took the points from that game. So we took the QB, two running backs, two wide receivers, tight end, kicker and defense. In those skill position plays, we took the top one or top two players on the scoring. Chiefs Vikings, no huge scores. Yeah, maybe not as big as, as I was hoping for. You know, JJ had a quiet game. Kelsey had a quiet game. So you know those absolute monster yep. players didn't quite hit so yeah I was a bit disappointed same for Eagles Rams no mega points but some consistently high points across there and the point score was 183.56 versus 185.9 oh, it was so, so close <laughs> but as you can hear by Ed's groan <laughs> it's 4-0 to me I just clinched it so yeah there's been a couple of very close, close weeks but I, I but I, I can't I can't complain I'm being 
destroyed. And, and I'll be honest with this week's prop. I've just chosen one. I know what the answer will be, and I'm just hoping that my look will change. Okay. <laughs> so, so this week, you've got to let me finish it before okay. you get your answer out. I I, I've already written your answer down. Okay, okay. I'll put fingers on lips then. Okay. So my fancy prop to you is that Derek Henry will outscore Lamar Jackson in <laughs> London. I know. Let's say, all right, okay. So far this season, we've had five weeks, and yep. it's currently 4-1 to Jackson. Okay, oh, so there's surprising. one week one week that Henry won. I'll go week by week. 13.9, Derek Henry scored in week one, and he beat Jackson. He got 5.56. And then after that, it's been fairly comfortable wins. Lamar had three weeks in a row in the 20s. Henry came close against the Bengals week four. He was just a couple of points behind. And then this last week, they've both had disappointing weeks, but Lamar just snuck it. So I know what you're choosing, but I'm kind of hoping to talk into existence the fact that Derek Henry will have a good week. He won't have a good week. Lamar Jackson will win. And the thing that makes me relatively confident about that is that the Ravens have had Derek Henry's I know, and you knew you were going to say that as well. I knew you were going to say so. I'm, I'm um, really hoping that your confidence is misplaced. I, I mean... I, you... I, I'm not, it's not a serious prop. It's a prop that I... Uh, uh, you know, I didn't. I We're going to have choose. a horrible drive home if you're smug, you've won fancy props, and I'm crossed that Derek Henry just ran for 300 yards or something stupid. So, so yeah, if I, if I win fancy props and Derek Henry has a good game, then I'm just going up on the basis that it'll be a great week. It's gambling time and quicker than usual this week, but Malcolm. Sunday Night Bet Club. So, last week, I put that bet on for the 49ers to beat the Bills in the Super Bowl, odds of 34.00. I mean, the 49ers continue to look relentless. The Bills had a down week, but maybe that was a London factor. However, the injuries to the Bills' defence does put some concern over that. This week, the reason to be such a short spot this week is because the betting markets aren't currently open for what I'd like to do this week, and we're going to put out a Ravens-Titans-London special bet. So, we're going to defer... The announcement of this is a night bet club bet this week until Fancy Five later in the week. But we'll also stick it out on our social media as well. But I think I'm going to go for, you know how I am with these bets, Ed. I'm going to go for a have my cake and eat it. So I'm going to put some ludicrous bets on the Ravens dominating and see how it goes. Could I challenge you to go for the opposite and put on a Titans focused bet? Well, uh, uh, yeah, I quite like just throwing my money away. So, so I'll <laughs> do that. I'm, I'm, I'm completely comfortable with the fact that I'm going to watch a Ravens win and it won't be close I think I, I do think the Ravens will be angry and will come back and dominate the Titans who are who I think are a very average side so we'll look at putting on a Ravens title bet once those markets are more open during the week on the betting app of choice so a little bit anticlimactic to finish but next now... week next week can we do the divisions and who we think yes. is going to win the divisions yes. I, I like that bet. we'll do that one next week we could have done this if I didn't think about it about 9.30 in my planning and yeah. I thought it was a bit too late then but yeah we'll do that next week and we've got our research to do on some of the big scores this season as well so bumper show next week we've uh, set up for ourselves yes we have <laughs> so after a slightly anticlimactic end to Sunday Bet Club time to build up for the climax of the Ravens Titans this week any of you travelling to London to watch that game at Tottenham, hope you have a fantastic day. We are very much looking forward to it. But we need to rest up before then, Malcolm. We've also got Fancy Five to book in, so please, Malcolm, take us home. You have been listening to Pestle and Ed of TH Fantasy Football. For more content, follow TH underscore fantasy underscore NFL on Instagram and Twitter. <laughs>